Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Good evening. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K. Show. It is Friday Eve. Thank Jesus. Oh, yes, indeed. Although yesterday was like my Monday. I come back from vacation, taking almost a week off, and I've only got to work in a couple of days. It's good to be me. Uh, glad to have you guys here with me tonight. So much breaking news. We've got Rudy loses his law license today, at least temporarily. The GOP loses big time in the so-called compromise negotiations over infrastructure. Kamala apparently is continued to be lost trying to find her way to the border. We've got to talk about that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess her. I guess she doesn't have signal on her phone with a Google map. For some reason, she can't find her way to the border. Right? Um, we've just got uh, we've got a military general that's lost his stripes, or should. Okay, if I've said this before at certain times, and it was never more relevant now than to say that if Patton were alive, he would pimp slap. General Malley, Millie, or whatever his name is, right across the face. Okay. We got, we got much to talk about tonight. I want to hear from you guys though. 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Uh, Larry Clayman will be back with us tonight. I'm not an attorney. He is founder of Judicial Watch and then Freedom Watch. He's going to be here to weigh in on the Rudy story because this is really chilling. Between the Rudy story, which is tied into January 6th, Many people believe automatically, well, these judges said he lied to the court, therefore he should lose his license. Well, who's really, who, who, who's believing that the courts are on the up and up right now and haven't been, haven't been completely corrupted? But hey, like I said, I'm not an attorney. So Larry Clayman will be here to weigh in on that. Those topics and more. Um, we start tonight before I bring in my partner in crime here, uh, lifting up our prayers for the people of this Surfside, I believe, uh, is the name of the community north of Miami that suffered just an inexplicable track catastrophe happened today with this condo collapse. To give you an update, it, at this point, there has been one declared dead, 37 rescued, which is extraordinary and amazing. And we're grateful to hear that. And about, around 100 still unaccounted for. So many questions surrounding this. How in the United United States of America, where we have such building codes, particularly in the South Florida coastal area with hurricanes, how, you know, a a 12-story building just collapses in the middle of the night, even with a roof being built. So, um, I... Who knows what the ultimate cause is here? It's, but it's really frightening and horrific. And we do want to, we want to continue to extend our, our thoughts and prayers to everybody, including the rescuers and the responders there sifting through rubble in an unsafe building, kind of reminiscent of 9-11. Um, moving on to other topics though, and got to bring in my man. Of course, I'm talking about it's DJ Potato Skins. I think they might have left DJ Potato Skins. DJ Potato Skins. Off the manifesto, but it'll be back. Winning. Winning, winning, You remember the old days, Andrea, when there was a such thing as a slow news day? Man, I just, man, it is each and every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those were the good old days when I could just like 
you know, start thinking about the show, like on my drive to the station, <laughs> I could think I could do I had I was able to have some fun with things like we used to do games like Dead or Alive. You know, I'm I, you know what I think I'm going to do, though, with all this series. We've talked about this before that we need to continue to reintroduce some positive stories. I may revive the old Dead or Alive game. This was before your time, DJ Potato. Yeah, I don't even know what you did on Fridays. What we would do is keep it real simple. And of course, this was back when people cared about celebrities. So maybe nobody is interested in doing this. But I would have a list of celebrities and a caller would call in and, and I would go throw the name out there and they would guess whether they were dead or alive. And if they got more right than they got wrong, they got, a, you know, a prize for me, a little gift card or, you know, whatever. Just, I mean, you know, not like a, you know, a trip to Las Vegas or anything, but all just the a little prize. All celebrities from A&E, right? Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's, what did you say? I said all the celebrities from A&E, yeah. right? <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. So this bipartisan bill. It's interesting. I mean, I knew they were going to cave Andrea, but it, it's so it's like we're trying to take back the Republican Party. And this is why we're just so disenfranchised. Well, you know, it, it, and of course, I'm one that's on record by saying, look, we, we do need to have and, and the Republicans and the, and the conservatives and Trump supporters, we would have supported an infrastructure bill back during the Trump administration. And nobody was interested in really joining him in that. And one of the reasons why they weren't was because it was reminiscent of, we don't want to be going back to the to the days of the Obama administration with the $900 billion conveniently, you know, it, it, at that time, right. that seemed like a huge number. Remember all the shovel-ready jobs? Oh, Infrastructure, yeah. this is going to be like, you know, FDR all over again. You know, we're going to put America back to work with shovel-ready jobs, and then none, none of them were shovel-ready, right? Ha, ha, ha. Because it was all kinds of crap like green energy boondoggles uh what few job what few jobs ended up coming about were part-time jobs you remember that it was ridiculous so nobody had a real taste for that in the trump administration and by the way there's already funds going from the federal level there's state and high there's state and local funds that go to your local bridges and your local your i'm not bridges necessarily but your local roads for potholes kevin faulkner was supposed to solve that problem and didn't um you were uh, you we've got we have highway funds that are going to the states right now, right? Remember uh, Jeff Sessions was supposed to threaten to not pay some highway funds because they were putting illegals back on the street like the the type that killed, shot you know, and killed Kate Steinle. Let's remind everybody, there's already money out there being allocated. The gas tax was supposed to go to highways and roads, right? right? Remember that? Remember that? And the prop six on the gas tax, that was another one we've had. I don't know how many gas taxes that were supposed to go to infrastructure. We had, we had the bullet train that they're now reviving that was, that was from Fresno to somewhere, right? So we've already got so much money that's gone to, to it, but there still would be a taste for it from Republicans if it was surgical, if it was strategic, if it was, here's the, here's the, the bridges like the walkway in DC that collapse. Here's the bridges that have been identified needing retrofits. Let's get some bids and figure out let's what it's going to specifics. Let's get some specifics. Let's get some bids and get and, and, and get that knocked out. Right. No more bridges to nowhere like in Alaska. So it's well, so, not just this, not the, even the initial deal. But in order, in order to make the initial deal, the Democrats are like, yeah, but we're still doing this side deal. Well, that. Yeah. But before I get into the side deal, the tandem deal, um, they come out today and they announce that they've got this bipartisan bill. Well, first of all, a couple of points. It is not bipartisan when the people involved in this are all basically of the same party. I don't care if you've got an R or a D after your name. 
If you all share the same big government, big spending, centralized system of power with control over our lives, if you're part of the crew that was on board with the Democrats controlling every aspect of our lives during coronavirus, for example, you're part of a uniparty. That's that. In fact, the lack of a true two party system in this country is one of the reasons why the voters went to Trump. So, first of all, this was not bipartisan. You cannot bring out limousine Mitt Romney. Right. And, you know, convince anybody that this involved any conservative on this. Then you get into some of the details on this one point two trillion dollars. Some of it, like I said, people might have been willing to get on board if it was strictly infrastructure, roads, broadband, Internet, um, power grids. But of course, it involves all kinds of crap like um, stuff. I don't even know what this means. Reconnecting communities. Yeah. Reconnect- That's vague. Billion dollars. Of course it is. Safety. What does safety have to do with with infrastructure? I'm assuming that when somebody provides a bid uh, to to rebuild a road, that they, that their their safety compliance uh, is is included in the bill. So, what is eleven billion dollars? Public transit. Public transit is not infrastructure. We've got empty buses rolling all over San Diego County. I'm not interested in public transit. Again, that should be surgical. If you're living in, a, in an area like New York City where people don't drive primarily and, and you need upgrades to your public That's transit. A different. It, but it sh- again, it should be surgical. Um, infrastructure financing, $20 billion. Why do you need $20 billion to finance it when you supposedly have a whole list of all the, of the revenue sources and the way you're going to pay for it on the other side? So you're going to borrow that money from where? Communist China? Environmental remediation. Now, my idea, my understanding of what remediation is, you've got an Exxon oil spill. Somebody's got to go up there and they've got to remediate it. They, they, they've got to fix the, the situation. What is environmental remediation to the tune of $21 billion? What is resilience to the tune of $47 billion? Can you explain that to me, Skins? Resilience? I, wish I could. So then they're coming out patting themselves on the back like they've actually done something extraordinary spending other people's money, right? When we're when we're we're at what 20 something trillion dollars in debt and 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 we are got inflation uh rising like crazy. Deutsche Bank is warning that we're about to we we continue on this path with crazy spending and we're going to go down the road of 1970s style recession. So then after the Republicans all come out and pat themselves on the back with this, then Joe Biden comes out and says, well, you know, um, I'm not going to sign any of that of the, quote, bipartisan infrastructure deal without uh, it coming with a tandem additional package for entitlements. If you are a Republican, if you are part of a Republican group today and you trying to sell the swill that this, quote, infrastructure deal, number one, that it was bipartisan because they've got a separate tandem that's going, they've got an addendum that's going along with it that is Marxist, that was that looks like it was drafted by AOC and Bernie Sanders together in a room somewhere. And we're talking about, uh, Biden goes on to say, I control that. If they don't come, I'm not signing it. Real simple. When reporters asked him, what's going to be in the, um, it needs to be prompt. Uh, uh, it's good. They're going to go, they're going to pursue a partisan budget reconciliation bill to fund more entitlements promptly and in tandem. We need physical infrastructure, but we also need human infrastructure as well. So you lying sacks, Republicans who came out today, don't tell me that you didn't know at the microphone that this little other side of the coin, this little tandem bill 
for human infrastructure was going to be added into it. And it's and, and according to Biden, it's going to have to go through the budget process because we need a fair tax system to pay for it. What's going to be some of the uh, some of these little juicy tidbits of human infrastructure, free community college, free child care, free universal uh, preschool. Notice the key word there, Andrea. And uh, I don't uh, but it's free. And usually you and I are the ones paying for it. Somebody's got paid for it. Everybody's got to pay for it. As of right now, the debt that we have, it, the the check that, that what's owed per person in the United States of America is $855,000. And that was before this. So we're going to have $1.2 trillion in this, quote, bipartisan infrastructure. I don't even, uh, uh, it's an additional $1.8 trillion for their human infrastructure bill. You've lost your mind if you're a Republican and you're trying to sell anybody today that this was a win. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to bring in Larry Clayman. We're going to talk about Rudy Giuliani losing his law license temporarily. What's that really all about? I think we know. Stay tuned. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K, telling you like it is, all while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show, 888-344-1170. Yes, I know to all those of you that uh, were attempting to uh, watch and comment on Facebook Live. Yeah, um, it's it's not us here, okay? <laughs> it's not us. And uh, I know that you guys like watching the show as well as listening to it. And that's why we continue to try every night. Um, but if you're still struggling there to listen, head on over to TheAnswerSanDiego.com. We've got the live stream there. You can also download our app, The Answer San Diego app, um, as well as there's other apps and ways that you can listen. So our apologies, but there's nothing we can do about that. Okay, so joining me now, is my good friend Larry Clayman, founder of Freedom Watch, and I reached out to him when I heard about Rudy Giuliani losing his law license today, being suspended without even a hearing. We're talking about a former attorney general. I think I think he was a, a state attorney general at one point, as well as a U.S. prosecutor, of course, and former mayor, former America's mayor, and he's lost his law license. Larry Clayman from Freedom Watch joins me now. Hi, my friend. Welcome back to the show. Not- Nice to hear from you, Andrea. So I reached yeah, out to you uh, when I heard this. Situation. It, it's, it's very distressing to me. And you're a lawyer, founder of, of Judicial Watch and now Freedom Watch. Can you t- can you share with us non-lawyers what, what's, what really happened today? They're saying that they had to pull it because he lied. What's the truth here? This kind of thing's been going on for a long time, Andrea. It goes on in the District of Columbia, goes on in New York. Highly leftist bar disciplinary council, Democrats. People who donate heavily to Obama and Clinton and other Democrat politicians. It's part of what's going on in this country. It's the cancel culture. It's let's destroy conservatives, people of faith, the right, and let's take away their means to do anything, to be activists. So they go after not just Giuliani, but they go after Attorney General Bill Barr. I don't know why they were upset with him. He didn't do anything to begin with. All five presidents of the D.C. Bar signed a complaint against him. They went after Kellyanne Conway for remarks she made on MSNBC. She's a lawyer as well. They went after Josh Hawley because he defended the president in the election. They went after Cruz and 
people in, I'm talking about DC right now because they've been going after me for years, but they haven't succeeded because mm-hmm. I fight back. I sue them all. But I had actually a communist sit on my bar disciplinary committee, unbelievable, by the name of Michael Tiger, whose son rendered the decision against Trump and his asylum policy in the Northern District of California. And this is the kind of people that run these bar associations. They're trying to eliminate conservatives' ability to defend mm-hmm. themselves. Well, yeah, and I think, and I think, uh, I, 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 disclosure, disclaimer, I guess I should say, I did not read uh, their statements today, but I, I've heard it, it, it excerpts read uh, in terms of their reasoning, and it, and it had nothing to do with anything that he presented to a court in a filing or anything else. It was actually public statements that he made, and the one that was most telling to me as to what this was ultimately about, Larry Clayman, was his statements that he made on January 6th. That's what this is all about. This is about tying anybody who questioned the outcome of that election in 2020, then and going forward, anybody who was anywhere near D.C. on January 6th, and particularly around the Capitol, we are all now declared domestic terrorists. And they've got to do everything they can to persecute and prosecute those of us that are part of this movement. That, in my opinion, is what they, why they went after Rudy and what this was ultimately about. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's part of a broader scheme to eliminate conservatives, people of faith and those who believe in the Constitution. You know, we were talking about it earlier, but there's a judge in D.C. that I always respected. His name's Royce C. Lambert, who made a number of good rulings on my behalf when I ran Judicial Watch against the Clintons. He allowed me to depose most of the people in the White House, Commerce Department, etc. Lambert yesterday in sentencing a woman who simply walked into the Capitol peacefully. He gave her probation, but he went on a jihad on the bench and basically called everyone that was there for January 6th domestic white terrorists. That's, in fact, what he meant. He's part of this establishment, and it's one of the reasons why, and this is the segue, that we have our Third Continental Congress mm-hmm. in Philadelphia, because without judges, federal judges in particular, to protect us, and Jefferson predicted, because they're unelected, unaccountable to the people, how do they get on the bench? Campaign contributions, otherwise mm-hmm. known as bribes. They become the yes men of the establishment. Lamberth has reverted to his establishment roots, and so has every other judge. There's not one judge out there right now who has the courage to stand up to this. And that's why the people must now do it for ourselves, peacefully and legally. And I'm honored that you're going to be there. Yes. Uh, and you can see about it at freedomwatchusa.org, 5th and 6th of July, Independence Hall Visitor Center. We're going to talk about what we need to do to form a new government and to form a new legal system and to make a couple improvements to our constitution. We're getting the discussion going. We're going to be peaceful and legal. Well, and we have to do this because the, the it, we're, it's not going to happen through a third party. It's not going to happen through taking over the Republican Party from within. That could happen at the same time in, in tandem. That could happen, you know, um, on, on a parallel track. But we have got to we've got to start standing up and in ourselves as citizens to take our country back and to push back against the tyranny. So on the 5th and 6th, I know that you were working uh, earlier today on uh, the the timeline of events. Anything that you want to share about that today in terms of what's specifically going to happen on the 5th and the 6th in yeah, Philadelphia? we're going to put the sk- schedule up in the next day or so, and we're going to start at 9 a.m. It goes to 4. We're going to have various people. We'll call them delegates, Third Continental Congress. We're going to speak various walks of life. You know, and, you're, and, you, and you yourself who have experienced a lot to get the people to understand, like our founding fathers did, 
why we need to take action now. While the current regime of Biden and Harris is worse than King George III, who gave rise to the Second Declaration, uh, Second Continental Congress, and the First Declaration of Independence, this president and vice president, compared to King George III, King George III was Mother Teresa compared to these people who are in control of this country right now. And you can see they've got various portions of every aspect of our body politic, whether it's bar disciplinary councils, whether it's labor unions, whether it's corporations that are going with the flow, whether it's big Democrat law firms, and most importantly, a Justice Department, which has been taken over and being used like a Gestapo, fanning out rounding up anybody that was in Washington on January 6th. And I have a number of clients that I'm representing right now in that regard, peaceful people who did nothing other to be other than to be at the wrong place, quote, at the right time, because Wait. they were there for a purpose. Well, yeah. In fact, uh, there's an article today from Breitbart about a 73-year-old Vietnam veteran pastor grandfather who evidently was one of the people that walked in after the doors were open. The Capitol Police that were in there directed him to the restroom. At no point did they tell him he didn't have a right to be in there and tell him to get out. In fact, this was one of the this was one of the, when there was a hearing, I think it was last week or the week before uh, one of the Republicans said, well, of the fi- asked Christopher Ray of the 500 people or so that you've arrested, how many of them actually didn't even know that they were doing anything wrong because the Capitol Police had opened the doors and some Democrat. Ju- yeah, some Democrat jumped in and said, well, we, it, just, it really doesn't matter who the who the least offensive were. It does matter, Larry Clayman, because they went down to Florida and arrested a 73 year old veteran pastor who didn't even know he did anything wrong he wanted to use the restroom and they arrested him in front of his three-year-old granddaughter arrested his son too these people did absolutely nothing wrong they asked him to if he would go back inside and get the clothes that he had worn that day i don't i I, he should have asked if they had a warrant to ask for those for for the clothing i guess they did with the arrest warrant um but that was shocking to me too i mean all the man did was walk in and use the restroom they're claiming well, I know, and this is what's happening. I mean, I have clients, same thing. And then they fan out to your friends because, you see, they've got this surveillance network that they use against yes. the American people. They seize your property. They threaten you with warrants. If you don't give them what they want, they threaten you with arrest. They tell you you really don't need a lawyer when you ask for one, and they interrogate you. I mean, it's unbelievable what's happening. This is like what happened in Nazi Germany, you know, with uh, people turning in fellow Jews, you know, things like that. It's turning your friends. You know, save your own skin. And, and, you know, there's very few people out there that can withstand this kind of pressure. So the Gestapo tactics of the FBI run by a head of the FBI, Christopher Wray, who is simply just a yes man for whoever's in power. uh, This is the real scary aspect of it. So we're going to talk a lot about that at the Third Continental Congress. And I have people coming like Donato Dalrymple, who had a gun shoved in his face with Ilian Gonzalez. Back 20 years ago, well, it's gotten much worse than even that. I've got Ammon and Ryan Bundy who had to peacefully defend their property in Bunkerville, Nevada, when the government came in, the federal government, and assaulted their their aunt, tased them, killed their cattle, buried them in a mass grave. This has been going on for quite a while, but now it's at a level that we've never seen before. Because the left, once they take control, Andrea, will never give it back. They will never give it back. No. Unless we fight back. Well, yeah. In fact, you said that it was worse than uh, uh, um, 
King uh, George. Uh, there's a North Korean defector who says that she came out of, I think it was Colombia, and um, she, I think she, they defected and out of and had to trek over some desert somewhere. I mean, it was a, it was a, a horrific escape um, out of North Korea. She, yeah, they had to walk across the Gobi Desert to eventually find refuge in South Korea. Uh, so she came to the ended up in the United States as a young girl, made her way into Columbia University. She's now 27. And she says, I expected that I was paying this fortune all this time and energy to learn how to think in Columbia, but they are forcing you to think with the, uh, the way they want you to think. Quote, I realized, wow, this is insane. I thought America was different, but I saw so many similarities to what I saw in North Korea that I started worrying. Um, she's issued a lot of statements about um, that, that we're actually, she said, um, she talked about um, the regression to our civilization here, that, that we're basically worth the North, worse than North Korea at this point. Well, yeah, I mean, I have a Russian dentist who fled the Soviet Union. He said to me, why did I come here? I went from one communist state to another just the other day. You know, there was a, a comedian, Yakov Perlman, I don't remember him. And one of his jokes was, he said, you know, I left the Soviet Union uh, because in this country you can go to lots of parties. And in the Soviet Union, the party comes to you. Well, you know what? They're coming for us right now. Yeah. This Justice Department. And as a former alumnus, I get particularly upset. People who I know have been relatively moderate in the way they criticize even Biden and Harris are now rabid with anger right now. And they are stoking the seeds of what Jefferson predicted would be a bloody revolution. We're trying to head that off, Andrea. Well, we're we to yes. come up with peaceful and legal means. But if we don't succeed, there are others in this country that will certainly take it to another level, ultimately, because they're pushing, 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 and they're violating people's constitutional rights. Absolutely. Well, Larry Clayman, thank you so much for uh, being here tonight. Tell everybody again where they can get information for the Third Continental Congress event. Go to freedomwatchusa.org, freedomwatchusa.org. If you're a student or a veteran, you get in free. Otherwise, you know, we need a contribution to do what we do. And you'll get a hat and a lapel pin and I'll sign my book. And uh, you'll get to Andrea. That'll be the real thing. <laughs> yeah. So please come. Well, thank you so much for being here, my friend. Can't wait to see you in, a week, in a week, about a week and a half. You too. Thank God you. Bless. All right, we're going to bye bye now. We're going to take a break. We come back. We got more to talk about General Milley. We got to talk about Kamala finding her way to the border, except it ain't the real border. It ain't the one with the crisis. (laughs) She's probably going to end up in Canada or maybe Europe. She said she hadn't been to Europe. We're going to talk about that and more. Don't go away. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show and like her Facebook fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K A Y E. Andrea K, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K Show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Um, so, Joe Biden, even many on the left are talking about a couple of bizarre moments that he's had in the microphone. He was whispering over something today that was just, I mean, creepy beyond creepy. Um, and he started whispering. He was, he, I've given 1.9 billion dollars. It was like so weird, so weird. Um, but the one that was, there's weird and there's creepy. The and proof then, of the, you know, yeah. there's going to be an eating the pudding, you know, mm-hmm. what's it going to look like? Yeah, well, that we can laugh at those and go, yeah, dude's demented. He has no business. Like, 
<laughs> yeah, you you believe 80 million people voted for that? Come on now. Um, but it was the comments he made about the Second Amendment that really um, it kind of tie into what Larry Klayman was talking about. So listen to this. The Second Amendment from the day it was passed limited the type of people who could own a gun and what type of weapon you could own. You couldn't buy a cannon. Those who say the blood of the the blood of patriots, you know, and all the stuff about how we're going to have to move against the government. Well, the tree of liberty is not water with the blood of patriots. What's happened is that there have never been, if you wanted to think you need to have weapons to take on the government, you need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. The point is that there's always been the ability to limit, rationally limit the type of weapon that can be owned and who can own it. Okay, that was the most tortured, painful, twisting himself into a pretzel, a convoluted crap I've ever heard in my entire life. Okay, I don't care whether or not you could buy a cannon. Okay, a cannon is not a a, a gun. Okay, nobody's arguing the Second Amendment that I should have the right to go and have, you know, a a shoulder fired missile or some, some, you know, piece of military equipment. No U.S. citizen that I'm aware of is trying to argue that our Second Amendment rights, you know, involve um, uh, the, you know, what are those? Uh, my, my uncle was shot down over Germany. He was a he was a gunner, gunnery. Gatlin gun. He Yeah, a Gatlin gun. Right. Nobody's arguing that. Oh, you have the right to bear arms. Right. He, he, he conflated two things there. Actually, he conflated a lot. But the bottom line, what was chilling in your takeaway from this as they're trying to justify taking our guns away from us for, for a variety of different excuses. They're trying to use the rise in crime that they created with the COVID shutdowns, with, the, with fostering and enabling and encouraging the Black Lives Matter and the Antifa riots across the country. Nobody ever investigated and brought, and, and brought forth to justice those that were funding that, right? So we've got crime skyrocketing. There was an image of a cartel member wading across the Rio Grande River, Holding, I couldn't tell it was fuzzy, what kind of shotgun, M16 rifle or whatever he was. So they are encouraging, enabling cartel members, fully weaponized, armed and ready, literally wading across the Rio Grande while they're talking that you don't have the right to own guns, that they have the right to infringe your right to bear arms and and basically telling you. That don't think that that the Second Amendment protects you from an overreaching government because you can't you can't defeat the U.S. government because we got nukes that we can use against you. Oh, context, right? We're not we're not supposed to feel threatened as citizens. Imagine Donald Trump making a statement that don't you dare think. Don't you dare think that you could that you could uh, have some kind of revolution, which is what they're chanting in the streets, because we'll just nuke you. Right. I'm old enough to remember the lie, the hoax that went down about his uh, his uh, walk to a church and and accusing him of tear gassing protesters, which didn't happen. And by the way, those were the same protesters that the day before had attacked the White House, uh, uh, breached fences and attacked Capitol Police. Meanwhile. This is kind of a stroke of brilliance. So we have a, this Republican representative. He decided in response to this insanity, a representative, Dan Newhouse from Washington, he's sponsoring legislation to designate the firearm industry as critical infrastructure. That's kind of smart, isn't it, Skins? 
It's titled The Second Amendment is Essential Act, and it states this. The purpose is directing the Secretary of Homeland Security to designate the business of importing, manufacturing, or dealing firearms, or importing or manufacturing ammunition pursuant to Section 923 of Title 18 United States Code as a critical infrastructure sector. He uh, talked about uh, the bill saying that it's all it is always unconstitutional for the government to restrict the rights of law abiding gun owners. But to do so in the midst of a crisis is especially unconscionable by denying federal firearms licensees the ability to operate under essential worker designations. Governors across the country, including Jay Inslee, have not only infringed on the Second Amendment rights of Americans, but have recklessly tied the hands of our law enforcement officers who require access to these tools to ensure the safety of our community. So to see what they did was they used coronavirus was used as, as an excuse to tamp down to, to not only uh, seize control of your business, your jobs, your bodies, your minds, your souls. You could go into a pot shop, you could go into a strip club, but you couldn't congregate in a church, right? One of the things that they did was go after the firearms industries. And it was a part of defunding the police because guess who manufactures the police weapons? Hashtag added benefit. And they want to leave you in your home defenseless as we have cartel members coming coming across the border armed and ready to shoot. Speaking of the border, Trump is so... Some people are saying, well, you know, there was so much pressure by the media. Kamala had to go to the border. Oh, no, no, no. His sister friend was never going to the border until Trump said, I'm going to be there next Wednesday about, about noontime. And I might, and I might bring a posse. I might do a rally there and have people chant build a wall. So suddenly, Miss Border Zarina decided she had to go to the border. Except, do you know where she decided to go? I know that she didn't end up <laughs> where she was supposed to. It's about a thousand miles away. That's how far away from the actual border crisis it is. But here's the good news. Don't be thinking that she's going to get away with this. Don't be thinking this is going to be some kind of good strategy and good play on her part. Because it's like I said on Newsmax this morning, there's an old saying, no matter where you go, there you are. Okay, this is a woman. I joked last night that they might have to do some kind of celebrity impersonator to pretend it's her. I think they're going to have to do like the old Cyrano skit where somebody's feeding her lines in her ear. Because let me tell you, she is not going to be able to answer if she's asked a proper question. She's not going to be able to answer it. Because once she goes to the border, then people are going to be asking her about conditions on the ground. And she's not going to want to answer that. She's not going to want to answer the fact that we finally... Got the truth as to exactly how bad the conditions are. The BBC, not a mainstream media outlet, not even Fox News. It was the BBC that did an undercover investigation as to what's happening in one of the facilities housing girls. And what was reported was how sick they are, denied medical care, medical attention. Their clothing is filthy. They're told to, they're told to, you know, turn their undergarments inside out. There's a lice problem. A lice infestation with no lice kits. They're being fed raw chicken, food that's dangerous, uh, and other food that's dangerous to eat. So is it? No, it's no wonder. It's no wonder that Kamala doesn't want to go any. Kakla doesn't want to go anywhere near there. But where is Hollywood? Where is AOC? Where are the rest of the, the those that yammered and lied for four years about Trump putting kids in cages? Where are they? There's they're nowhere to be found to report on this. And to make matters worse, that uh, Biden announced that not only 
is he opening up amnesty, making it, you know, uh, you know, enabling more people to come here and open up the rules and what makes it available for amnesty? And um, because to remind you, amnesty was specifically supposed to be for people fleeing political persecution. It's not supposed to be because you're in a crappy marriage, which is what some women have said at court cases at asylum hearings. I'm married to I'm married to a rat B man who, you know, beats me. Well, you know what? We we got women suffering all over the world in that situation. That's that's not the uh, that's not America's problem to solve. I'm sorry to say that. But on top of it, he has now declared that he's actually going to go back and retrieve those that have been deported and bring them back to the United States. And you know what? One of the reasons why Kamala has tried to avoid going there, because they know that this is not a winning issue. They know that not just Republicans, but Democrats and independents don't want an open border. That was one of the key reasons why they voted for Trump in 2016 and why they voted for him again in November 2020. The uh, Harvard-Harris poll came out yesterday, two-thirds Two-thirds of 67% of voters say that people who, who cross the southern border should be sent back to Mexico. That's almost 70% of the country. That includes a lot of Democrats and a lot of independents. And 55% said that the Trump administration's policies should remain. So this is a dog for them. This is supposed to be the party that cares about African-Americans. The African-American community peeled off and voted Republican in 2014 and gave control of the Senate to the Republicans, believing the lie, quite frankly, that they were going to seal the border because they were tired of competing against illegals, breaking and entering into this country, taking jobs away from them. And that's going to happen right now, all over again. It is happening. That's why the Biden administration is trying to hide it. All right. What else do we have to talk about? What other good news? Oh, <laughs> do I have a hilarious story for you, Skins, out of Atlanta? Wait till you hear this. We're no more t- Subway sandwiches that I can't eat, right? No, but it does involve food. You're going to love the story. We got that and more when we come back. Stay tuned. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K telling you like it is all while eating a donut. The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. I wanted to talk a little bit about this Mark Milley. Um, I'm, I, I know a lot of people have already talked about it. Um, he's the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and he was, uh, you know, asked about, impressed about uh, the indoctrination that's going on in the U.S. military. And his quote, and his quotes were, I personally find it offensive that we are accusing the United States military or general officers or non-commissioned officers being called woke or something else because we are studying some theories that are out there. First of all, no, we're accusing the leadership. We're accusing the Pentagon and the heads of the Department of Defense. It's yet to be determined that if it includes all the non-commissioned officers and all, and all the lower ranks. So that kind of obfuscation I find particularly offensive. Second of all, studying some theory, this is not this theory of wokeness and white rage is not being taught as a theory. It's not like, hey, here's supply side economics. Here's the idea. Here's the concept. No, this is being pushed as fact. That white people are inherently inhumane, defective, flawed and racist and evil. 
This man went on to say, well, you know what? I, I, I don't know what this white rage is all about, but I need to understand white rage. What is this white rage? It's the first time in my life I've heard of some condition. What is this, some psychological disorder called white rage? You're not allowed to accuse any black person of ever displaying any anger, right? Because of the, quote, supposed angry black woman stereotype, which I've never heard of in my life until recently. But now suddenly, white people aren't allowed to be angry? Let me tell you something. I have, I have a tremendous amount of right to be rage-filled about anything that I want. I just don't have the right to act on it in a way that is criminal or disrespectful. This is not some theory that's being pushed. What was, what was uh, the seminar at, the, at West Point was understanding whiteness and white rage. I want to understand white rage. I am white and I want to understand it. What is it that caused thousands of people to assault this building and try to overturn the Constitution? What does that have to do with skin color? First of all, thousands did not assault the building and attempt to overthrow the United States of America. That's a lie. And I'm tired of the people today making excuses for him that he's just saying what he's got to say to keep in his position. Then he has no integrity. Then he's weak. He should have his stripes yanked off of his shoulders. He has no position being in. This is, this is supposed to be leading our military? Making decisions? No wonder the Taliban took over 15 cities, reclaimed 15 in Afghanistan. When was the last time we won a war? You feel safer tonight with this crap being taught at our military? This is our military leaders? You feel safer tonight? When Iran's out there rumbling, no co-China all over the place? And they're teaching white rage? Somebody said today, I think it was a, a, somebody from the Marine Corps said that he was, he was one of the whistleblowers on this, said our, our common color, our skin color in the military is camouflage. This destroys unit morale. Just like it, just like it pits kids against each other in schoolrooms, you're gonna, you think you're going to have unit morale, unit cohesiveness? The whole point of basic, basic training is to tear down your individuality and to build you back up according to whatever branch you're in, to be part of a unit. And every bit of this white rage and, and anti-whiteness stuff is meant to destroy the cohesiveness of this country. And we don't have, and what do we have the Republicans doing today? Joining the Democrats and spending money instead of pushing back against this divisiveness. I'm out of time, but I'll be back tomorrow at 6 p.m. Pacific time with my food story. Peace out.